Funding for this edition of Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been provided by RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey Sharing Network, the Healthcare Foundation of New Jersey, NJM Insurance Group, serving New Jersey's drivers, homeowners, and business owners for more than 100 years, the Northward Center, Delta Dental of New Jersey, everyone deserves a healthy smile, Investors Bank, NJ Best, and by Fedway Associates, Inc. Promotional support provided by BestofNJ.com, all New Jersey in one place. And by the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. Welcome to another very special edition of Think Tank. I'm Steve Adubato. That is my co-host and the senior producer of Think Tank, Nicole Swinerton. Hey, Nicole, what's different about our look today here on Think Tank? We have just started using a brand new set for Steve's studio, and I think it's looking pretty great. It's a new set in uh, a new home studio, and to Elvin and Scarlin and Frank and the entire team, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, who put this together. It takes more than a village to make this happen. So I'm excited about the new look. I'm also excited about this particular edition of Think Tank, because we're talking to the County Executive of Essex County, Joe DiVincenzo, and their health chief health officer, Maya Lordo, and a whole range of other folks about vaccine distribution, complicated, moving parts, got to get everybody vaccinated. Who else do we have up? Yep, we're also joined by Lilo Stanton, who's the healthcare writer at NJ Spotlight News, and Dr. Ali Hushman, who's the president of Rowan University down in South Jersey. And they're both talking about uh, the challenges that the state of New Jersey is facing trying to vaccinate the public. We, uh, we've made some progress, but we certainly have a long way to go. Yeah, and by the way, you can check out Lilo every night on NJ Spotlight News. She's a terrific addition to that broadcast. She's always adding insight. Uh, and perspective on healthcare issues with our great anchor, Brianna Venozzi. Uh, and also down at Rowan, Dr. Ali Hushman, the president, universities are very involved in vaccine distribution. It's not just the government. It's not just the CDC. It's not just uh, hospital systems. It's higher ed institutions as well, because everyone's got to collaborate. Correct, Nicole? That's right. Uh, Rowan University, their School of Osteopathic Medicine, is hosting a vaccination center, uh, which is really great. They even have some of the medical students uh, working at the center, which is great experience for them and also helps add to the amount of healthcare workers who are able to vaccinate people. It's a great asset for them, and it shows how universities can really play a role in this. And by the way, as it relates to Essex County, I've seen it firsthand. It's a first-class operation. I'm a student of leadership, leadership and logistics, getting things done, all the moving parts, just by talking about putting the studio together in our new home. The bottom line is we hope and pray that you and your community actually have a competent vaccine operation and that the vaccines are available. Before I let everyone go, tell everyone who funds Think Tank right here on News 12 Plus, Nicole. We would love to thank RWJ Barnabas Health, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Healthcare Foundation of New Jersey, and NJM Insurance Group. Folks, we appreciate you being with us here for Think Tank. Um, 
For those of you who know the show, we challenge people, we bring meaningful people on who are making an impact in the community and in the state and in the region. And what we say to folks is this, Nicole and I, she is the person who makes Think Tank happen, I'm just the front person, but we say this, either way, regardless of how you look at these segments, most importantly with Think Tank, most, most importantly, I'll get this out, just think for yourself. Here's Think Tank. Hi, I'm Steve Adubato, another important remote program. Listen, we're talking all about this vaccine situation. We're taping on the 2nd of February. Things are changing quickly, but no matter where you look, uh, the operation in Essex County, New Jersey, my home county, is um, really being run very well, and that's not by accident. The county executive of Essex County, Joe DiVincenzo, joins us, along with Maya Lordo, who's the health officer of Essex County as well. Maya and Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having us. You got it. Joe, listen, things are moving quickly. And so this will be aired after next day, next couple of weeks. So let's not deal with this moment. But here's the question. How many vaccines could Essex County, New Jersey, the government administer on a daily basis if the supply were there, Joe? 25,000 a week. 25,000 a week. Is that seven days a week, Joe? Five days a week? That's at six days a week. All right. If we want to, we could actually go 30,000 and go seven days a week. Listen, if the supply is there, uh, we're going to make sure whatever it takes to get everybody vaccinated, no matter how much time it takes, we're going to get it done quickly. Joe, it's not about pointing fingers or blaming. It's trying to understand for the average person, whether in Essex, but they say they're in another county right now. Is every county in New Jersey, all 21 counties, do they have their own operation or is it ultimately the state waiting for the feds and then whoever on the local government hands or handles? I know it's a complicated question, but is every county handling it the way Essex is? Well, Maya could talk about that, but people ask me that all the time. You know, here in Essex County, we had no choice. We had to start right away. So we started this in October, and we were very, very much prepared. Why? Because uh, reference our positive cases, we have over 60,000 cases. We lead the state in deaths. Our unemployment is high. We're, another problem we have is with foreclosures. The other thing was insecurity of food. So we have to get people vaccinated. We got to get kids back to school and we got to get people back to work. And as far as the other counties, uh, I'm sure they're getting ready and they're, and they're moving forward uh, and doing the right thing. So again, you'll see on the screen, February 2nd, we're taping this. This is part of our vaccine awareness, what you need to know series. We're doing it on every one of our platforms. Maya, let me ask you this. Specifically in Essex County, the minority population, my understanding is nationally and statewide, what is it, uh, just a few percentage of all the vaccines that have been administered are for African-American and Latino uh, Americans. In Essex County, how challenging is that situation, Maya? A and B, what are we doing about it? Um, thank you, Steve. So I think one of the biggest things is uh, we've all been so busy planning and getting this rollout going that our next step needs to be an educational piece. And I have to say thank you to the county executive for really spearheading that because we have met with the clergy here in Essex County. We have been speaking with the mayors and also our local health officers have also been part of trying to integrate their community members. But I think our next steps are really coming together as a community and really getting that 
that public health piece out, getting exact information about the vaccine, some of the frequently asked questions that are kind of in people's heads that aren't always being answered. And I think one of the biggest things is there is so much information that is out there and it's getting given to people from all different directions. I think the next step from us as a county is to kind of go ahead and get a nice, good message together and uh, clear uh, that everyone should go ahead and get that vaccine to save the lives of each other and their family members and community. Let's do this, team. Hopefully the Essex County website has been up the entire time. And if it's not, we'll put it up in post-production. Joe, let me ask you this. If someone goes on the county website, I know we get into the weeds here, but if you go on the county website and you go on the state website, is the information consistent, County Executive DiVincenzo, in terms of how you register? Meaning if someone watching goes, well, I went on the state, I can't get there, should I go on the county? Where should people go, Joe? Is it both sites? Listen, they, it's their choice, first of all. They can go on the state website, but people that live in Essex County, of course, I would like to see them go on the Essex County website. As far as what's on the website, it's very easy, but we're constantly, every night we have a, a conference call with my team, and every day we're changing it to try to make it easier and easier for the public and stuff. You know, it's work in progress here. You know, Joe, it's interesting. We're going to do a separate conversation with you as part of our Lessons in Leadership series, because uh, for those who don't know, before Joe was the county executive, before he was a freeholder, Joe was a quarterback, not only in college, uh, you'd expect me to bring that up, Joe, but also played a little ball beyond that as well. Joe, being a quarterback slash leader of this, how much of this comes down to leadership and logistics? Well, listen, listen to me. I was well-trained by your father, Steve Adebato Sr., he was a mentorite. I was with him for over 40 years, and I've learned so much with him how to get things done. And what I did is take it from the local level to the county level. And the big thing is staying on top of it. And it's not about yourself. It's about a team. And that's what I assembled here in Essex County. I assembled a great team for the last 18 years as far as providing services. And this vaccination, va vaccination that we're doing right now, it, it's probably one of the toughest things I ever had to do because this is about life and death. People have uh, been waiting for this for a while. We want to make sure that they're able to go back to their lives. Yeah. Um, Maya, let me ask you a, a health question. The variants that are getting so much coverage, and again, taping on the second, we're going to find out there are more cases, et cetera, et cetera, of the variant. So uh, the Moderna vaccine is two shots. The Pfizer vaccine, two shots. Johnson & Johnson, as we are doing this right now, not signed off on yet. The variants, does that mean there's a quote booster involved? I don't want to complicate things, Maya, but is there a booster involved as well? So currently right now, Moderna is working on, so there's two variants that we're going to talk about. We have the UK variant, we have the African variant and the Brazilian variant, which are similar to one another. Moderna right now is working on the UK variant. Uh, it seems that all the research that I've been reading, the, the current Moderna vaccine is pretty good and well, well established. But again, this is brand new. We do not have enough individuals that are kind of involved in these studies and also being followed. So we don't know exactly. So as far as the boosters are concerned, Moderna is working on it. Pfizer has not come out with anything as of yet. Has, right. And currently, as you stated at this point, the J&J &J vaccine, the single dose, uh, is pretty of is pretty okay with the UK variant, as they state themselves. But again, there's just not enough individuals that they can go ahead and determine that. Thank you. My last question, Joe. 
And by the way, check out Joe and our Lessons in Leadership program. We'll do a program uh, that I do in cooperation with my colleague and co-anchor, Mary Gamba, a separate conversation with the county executive uh, on leadership. But Joe, final question. How would you describe the, quote, coordination between Essex County, the state, the federal government, and as well as hospital systems in our region? Listen to me, uh, as far as the state, Governor Murphy and their health commissioner, Judy Porcelli, been so good to us here in Essex County. They helped us each and every day, anytime we run into a problem. As far as the federal government, we're not dealing with them directly. They're dealing directly with the state, and then the state deals with us locally. As far as this county, we have all the hospitals that are in Essex County involved and engaged. RWJ Barnabas is very big supporter of University ours. University as well? The University, UMDNJ, uh, Beth Israel, uh, Clara Moss. You know, we, we're trying to engage everyone. Besides that, we also have colleges that have been involved, Montclair State, Seton Hall, Essex County College, Community College. Everybody's been supportive. But why we're so successful is because the amount of volunteers that we have that want to volunteer yes. and participate in this program. You know, they want to be part of the history. They feel good about going out and helping us. And we couldn't do this without the volunteers. They are doing an outstanding job, and I'm so much appreciative. And I know our county residents are, too. And finally, let me just say that I've seen it firsthand. It's exceptional, not only the level of coordination, but also the level of volunteerism, because you ask folks there, and they come from a lot of different places. So to the county executive, Joe DiVincenzo, and to Maya Lordo, the health officer in Essex County, uh, thank you for everything you're doing, and um, our fingers crossed that more vaccines become available. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Maya. Thank you. I'm Steve Adubato. Stay with us. Vaccine awareness. We'll be right back. To watch more Think Tank with Steve Adubato, find us online and follow us on social media. Folks, we are pleased to be joined by our good friend uh, Lilo Staten, who is healthcare writer. Check her out on NJ Spotlight News. She's a regular contributor. It's a great news operation. Check out that broadcast as well as Metro Focus for the daily situation. We're looking at the COVID situation big picture on February 2nd. So, Lilo, let me ask you this. Last time you were with us, I said it again, moving target. This will be seen three weeks from now, a month from now. So while we don't know every detail, my question is this. Overall, what the heck is wrong with the vaccine distribution? Just a small question, Lilo. <laughs> Can we, quote, blame it on one entity or is it across the board? It's, it, it's complicated, right? I mean, I, I wish it was easier. Trust me, I wish it was easier. I hosted an event on this last week and there was no you know, shortage of wrath from the viewers and commentators. And I get it. I get it. The problem is, you know, you know, as a person in the media, you're stuck in between. You can only provide the answers that we're getting from public officials, right? So what are public officials telling us? Well, they're telling us, you know, they're doing their best to build this system. It is, you know, slower rollout than they would like. It's slower rollout clearly than needs. They they built a new registration system. That's part of the problem. They being Lilo. Um, they, they, I'm sorry, they being the state. They, they being the state. And they're clearly like issues with, you know, sort of how they've done this or that and which groups they've chosen. And you can quibble with that. But there is also, you're absolutely right. There is this sort of overarching issue of, are we getting enough vaccines? And the answer to date has been no, we haven't. I mean, as of so, now, yeah, as of February 2nd, 
So right. I'm going to push that issue. Siphon-terpenely low. If vaccine distribution, supply and distribution, were multiplied by three or four, meaning massive, massive amounts, more would be available. Grammatically, I'm sure that wasn't right. Question, <laughs> would that by itself dramatically improve the vaccine distribution system? Well, it's funny that you say that because I talked to a number of people, including someone in the supply chain process um, last week, and they said, you know, the supply chain so far is going pretty well. Vaccines are getting where they need to go. We haven't heard too many issues about that. But they said, yeah, well, wait till we scale this all up multiple, multiple times. So I think there is a concern. You know, there was a concern at the beginning about a shortage of healthcare workers to actually give the shots. Um, you know, you think it's so easy, but if you can't actually get the shot in someone's arm, if you don't have somebody licensed and available to do that, um, you know, but the, excuse me, Leo, Leo, they knew it was coming. When I say that, here's the thing: I'm not, yeah. blaming is not only useless; it's counterproductive and frankly petty. Question: If warp speed was working as well as it was, and the anticipation was that it was happening, how could there be a, an issue with supply of? Healthcare well, workers to administer. That's not making sense to me as a layperson. No, I agree with you. And I think there's blame on both the federal and state. So, federally, we've had these shortages of healthcare workers for, for years, right? Um, but the state, you know, there's also blame on the state. Um, they, they did not appear to activate their volunteer system for this until after the vaccine rollout started, as far as I can tell, or at least they didn't make a public plea for, for help. I mean, it seems to me that if they've been planning this, they being state since March, you know, that would have been a box that was checked, especially when that was something everybody knew was gonna be a problem. But, you know, same with the registration system. You'd think they'd build a centralized system that is, you know, more efficient. Things don't always work out as you can. But of course, if you still don't have enough vaccines coming down from the feds, it's not going to work. But the question is, even with your, your question is a good one. Even if more come down, do we have the infrastructure to support that? And I hate to say, but time will tell. I mean, I'd yeah. like to say yes, but, you know, it's a question of how quickly it scales up and, and can systems keep pace. And by the way, check out Lilo on a regular basis on NJ Spotlight News with our anchor, Brianna Finozzi, who is absolutely the best with a terrific team. The day-to-day -day situation will be reported there. Let me ask you this, Lilo. Um, African-American, Latino yeah. um, people, I don't want to say numbers because that's ridiculous. We're dealing with people. The percentages are way, the percentage is way too low of the vaccines administered as of today for those who are black and brown. What's going on? That's a question I posed to the state. I hope to have an answer for you um, in a day or so and hopefully a story about it. Um, but, you know, or what they can do. I, we know why it's going on. Basically, we know that um, there's 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 concern in the communities about, um, you know, vaccines, about being guinea pigs. There's historic reason to believe that. Well, um, Tuskegee experiment, et cetera. <laughs> You cannot do this story without talking about Tuskegee, exactly, um, and and that's totally legitimate. Um, have you know the systems, the state and private systems, done enough to try to reach out to them um, to get black and brown communities uh, to, to make sure that there's a way that they can get easily vaccinated? You know, that's kind of what we're trying to find out. But the numbers are the numbers are disturbing. Remember, this is also a disease that impacts. I just did the math. You know, Hispanics, 26% of the cases are Hispanic individuals, 12% are black individuals. 
Um, you know, Hispanics make up, uh, you know, less than 20% of the population. So that's, you know, there's a huge disparity there. Um, black folks are far more likely to die, um, you know, than their white counterparts, as are Hispanics. And, you know, there are reasons for this. There are reasons because of the jobs that they're likely to hold, because of the racism in the system, because of the housing. I mean, so much of it comes back to yeah. not just race, as someone said to me, but racism. And yep. I think we need to be honest about that. And by the way, a minute left, uh, check out our ongoing series, Confronting Racism, to talk more about structural institutional racism, particularly in healthcare. Lilo, last question. I've asked everyone, and again, it's the 2nd of February as we were taping, what is the message you believe that should be, should be delivered on the variants connected to the vaccines? Go ahead. I don't panic because um, very, I mean, it makes the vaccines all the more important, but we have to remember that while they may be um, more, more virulent uh, and possibly even more deadly, it, it's the same stuff we got to do. We got to still wear the mask. We got to wash our hands. We got to social distance and we got to stay home when we're sick. And, you know, if I can leave people with that, unfortunately, that's what we're going to have to be doing yeah. for some time. So enjoy it, I guess, to the best of our ability. Uh, well said. By the way, other than checking out NJ Spotlight News uh, every day during the week, real quick, the website for people to find out more uh, about your writing and your colleagues with uh, our great colleague, John Mooney, et cetera. What is it? NJSpotlightNews.org now. NJSpotlightNews.org. NJSpotlightNews.org, all one. Hey, Leo, thank you for everything you're doing every day, you and your colleagues and the team at NJ Spotlight News. I have no idea where we'd be which is not great already, without that team. Thank you, Lilo. Good luck. Thank you, Steve. I'm Steve Adubato. Stay with us. We'll be right back. To watch more Think Tank with Steve Adubato, find us online and follow us on social media. We are honored to uh, once again be joined by Dr. Ali Hushman, who is president of Rowan University. Good to see you, doctor. Good to see you as well, Steve. Good to see you. Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. We're taping on the 2nd of February. You can still say that. It'll of be course. seen later. And, and to disclose, Rowan is one of our higher ed partners. Doctor, let me ask you, as we tape today on the 2nd, it'll be seen later, as I said, Rowan is very involved in uh, the vaccine distribution, yes. the COVID mm -hmm. vaccine distribution. What has been your experience to date? And why is it that a university is so actively involved in that plan? Well, uh, to begin with, we have the infrastructure and the personnel. You obviously need individuals who are uh, qualified to take care of the patients, the, the people who come in for not only registration into the electronic data system, but also you know, giving the vaccination and, and watching them for 15 minutes after the vaccination to make sure everything is okay. You just cannot put any random person in there. We have two medical schools between them. We have well over 1,200 students in these two medical schools. And even if you get 10% of them volunteer, you're talking about 120 individuals who are plenty capable to help. And that's really what the country needs today. The problem that we have, and you see, you hear it every day throughout the, the, the nation, is that you know the most advanced country, the most strategically capable country with resources cannot get the handle of this thing. And the reason is because of the, 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 the failure of the logistics. The pieces are there, 
they are just not interconnected. And I think one thing that we have done here at Rowan is we have connected them and we have been very successful. Really, we are doing a great service. People are coming in, getting their vaccinations and uh, going home and, and we are very happy. That's really what we need to do for everybody. But I'm going to follow up on this because we spoke to Dr. Thomas Cavalieri, who uh, was with us and was a great interview. Check out our website, steveautobotter.org. You can see that. But I'm going to ask Dr. Hushman this because he also joined us on our sister program, Lessons in Leadership. And he, he and I talk leadership a lot. So I got to ask you, doctor, forget about the clinical aspect of this. As a student and practitioner of leadership and logistics, how frustrating is this for you and you and I just were joking before we got on the air. We're not very patient people. How frustrating has this been for you? It's been hugely frustrating because the fact of the matter is, Steve, we can do a lot better than that. We really can. For example, the moment that the vaccination started, and I went and visited one of these mega sites over at the Rowan College of South Jersey, and I looked at and counted the number of parking spots, the distance that they had to walk from parking spot into the place where they get registration, from there where they walk into a place where they have to get the injection, uh, and then, you know, sitting somewhere for, to rest for 15 minutes. I found that the system is not put together in a scientific way, so that they would very quickly we would create bottleneck. You know, it's, this is winter. You do not want, the last thing you would want is people are staying outside in the cold or right. you'd be forced to put them inside in a congested area with not enough airflow and get them infected. So that logistical system is really easy. In fact, that's what the immediately I did. I went to our virtual reality system uh, lab. You have been there. And we yes. did actually a simulation of that thing. It's a fascinating. I wish I, I'm yes. going to send you actually, I'm going to send you a clip of it. You're going to be fascinated by seeing the human being working in here, each of them color coded, whether somebody is infected or not infected, how they get injected, how they get, you know, registration. Everything is done. And you can very quickly see the bottleneck is being created. And then we tell people if you change certain parameters, for example, increase the number of registration or shorten the distance from parking to the registration, all of this, suddenly the this, this system worked better. So we have put this thing together, made it available. We would like to make it available to the rest of the state and the country indeed. And this is, an, this is a fascinating simulation model. It applies to any system and people can use it. And that's really what I did. I said, what is the opportunity? What can I do as a person who understands operations, research and logistics? How do I help? Immediately went to that solution. And I think there are thousands of in individuals and universities in, country, in this country who can do likewise. This is not the rocket science. This is not a difficult problem, but it's one that really we need to do right now. Because the sooner we get people, 80% uh, or so of people in, uh, injected and vaccinated, right. the immunity, the sooner we can get back to some sort of normal. So, Ian, by the way, and I've been to the laboratory that <clears throat> Dr. Hushman talks about, the simulation's extraordinary about a whole range of things. So this has been said to me many times, Doctor, and it's not about blaming, it's not about pointing fingers, but here's the thing. Steve, you don't understand, quote, it's complicated. Now, I'm sure it is, but Dr. Hushman, do you believe it's as complicated? You just said it's not rocket scientists. Okay, let's assume, let's assume there was way more vaccine that's being developed as we speak right now on February 2nd. That doesn't solve the problem by itself because logistics, details matter. Go ahead, doctor. I don't think it is that complicated. The, the, the order that the uh, 
President uh, Biden issued today using uh, pharmacies yes. to do vaccination is a wonderful thing. All we need to use every resources. One of the resources are there are 4,000 universities in here. Use every single one of them. They have nursing programs. They have allied health programs. Chances are they've got medical school programs. <clears throat> every, and, and they have other experts in sciences who really can be quickly trained or they probably are trained. And they have the infrastructure, they have parking, they have big facilities. Use these places. And the key to it, of course, have enough vaccination vaccines. But that's what we need to do. Because relying on mega or big center, these are not going to cut it. There are people who are going to have a very, very hard time to get a cab or to have a car to drive yeah. to one of these centers. We need to find every which way we can to reach to as many people as possible as soon as possible. And it's not really that complicated. Leadership and logistics. You just got a taste of what Dr. Hushman is talking about. I'm going to talk to him more on our lessons in leadership program as well. But for this edition, I want to thank you, Dr. <clears throat> excuse me, and all of your colleagues down at Rowan for everything you're doing every day. And let's just agree that when it comes to people like you, like me, patience is not our greatest virtue. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Thank you, Dr. Hushman. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Ali Hushman from Rowan. But thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Think Tank with Steve Adubato has been a production of the Caucus Educational Corporation. Funding has been provided by RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey Sharing Network, the Healthcare Foundation of New Jersey, NJM Insurance Group, the Northward Center, Delta Dental of New Jersey, Investors Bank, NJ Best, and by Fedway Associates, Inc. Promotional support provided by bestofnj.com and by the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. I could feel my lungs fill with oxygen and I got my life back. The Sharing Network means to me hope, life, and everything. The Sharing Network was a lifeline to me when I really needed it. We are an organ procurement organization. The core purpose of the New Jersey Sharing Network is to save and enhance lives. To honor those who gave. A tribute to those who received. Offer hope to those who continue to wait. And remember the lives lost while waiting. For the gift of life. <laughs>